unconditional election. Isn't this just a dry doctrine for eggheads to discuss and debate? No, it's not. We all need this doctrine, unconditional election. And that's why unconditional election is a theme we've studied a dozen times on the podcast over the years. It's this precious fact that God's choice of one person and not others is not based on any good deeds or any bad deeds in the persons themselves. Let me say that again. God's choice of one person and not others is not based on any good deeds or any bad deeds in the persons themselves. God chooses his children unconditionally. That's unconditional election. But what practical value does such a doctrine hold for my life? That's Chase's question today. Pastor John, hello, and thank you for this podcast. My question is this. Can you tell me why believing in unconditional election matters? Isn't this doctrine nitpicking and divisive more than edifying? Yes, it matters. No, it is not nitpicking. Yes, it could be divisive, but that's not the fault of the doctrine. It's the fault of the human heart. And yes, it is edifying. So let me give ten reasons to answer Chase's question. Does it matter? Now, what we mean by unconditional election, you could use the word selection, if election has political sounds to you, is God's free, gracious, choice before creation of who it is that he will give faith and repentance to and thus pardon their sin, adopt them into his everlasting family, an election or a selection not based on anything, not anything in us, not foreseen faith, not good works, not parentage, not national origin or race or ethnicity, not religious ritual like baptism or the Lord's Supper. God's selection is unconditional, based only on his all-wise good pleasure, or as Ephesians says, the counsel of his will. So just like you can pack an atom bomb into a very small missile Let me pack 10 reasons that unconditional election matters into 10 minutes. Number one, it matters because it's true. It's what the Bible teaches. Romans 9, 11, though Jacob and Esau were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad, they admit no conditions, in order that God's purpose of election might stand unconditionally. I added that word, but that's implied. Not because of works, but because of God who calls, Rebecca was told, the older will serve the younger. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Jesus said, all that the Father gives me will come to me. Yours they were, and you gave them to me. John 6, John 17. They were the fathers, and he gave them to Jesus. Number two, it matters because the aim of unconditional election is that we are destined for eternal joy and praise of the glory 
of the grace of God. That's our destiny. Grace is the very meaning of unconditional election. God's free, gracious choice, not our qualifications. And the whole design of election is to get joy for our souls and praise for God's grace. Ephesians 1 6. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world unto the praise of the glory of his grace. That's the whole design of unconditional election. Grace, grace, glorious grace will be praised forever. Number three, it matters because it humbles our proud hearts. 1 Corinthians 1.27, God chose what is foolish in the world. God chose what is weak in the world. God chose what is low and despised in the world so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. God gets praise. We get humbled by unconditional election. Number four, it matters because it makes clear that our faith is a gift of God, a gift of grace that follows election rather than grounding it. Acts 13.48 The Gentiles began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as were appointed, that is, chosen, elected, as many as were appointed to eternal life, believed. They believed because they were appointed. No one can boast that he originated his own believing and so won his election. No. As many as were chosen, as many as were chosen, appointed, elected, believed. They believed. Faith is a gift rooted in the eternal, unconditional election of God. Number five, it matters because it secures the reality that no one can successfully bring any charge against us. Romans 8.31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Let me say that again. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? And the answer is nobody. God's chosen are secure from all accusation. Number six. It matters because it is the deepest ground of our own compassion for other people. Paul calls for compassion from Christians like this in Colossians 3.12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, elect ones, holy and loved, compassionate hearts. Precisely because we are aware of being freely, graciously, undeservedly chosen, owing to nothing in ourselves, are we moved to treat others the way we've been treated. Number seven, despair at being unsavable is torpedoed by the doctrine of unconditional election. If a person says to me in my office as a pastor, Pastor, I'm just too evil to be saved. God could never, never set his favor on me. You don't know what I've done. What I have done is all so terrible. To that person, we can say, God did not choose anybody. 
because of what they had done or not done. Your history of sin is absolutely irrelevant for the question whether you can be one of God's chosen ones. God's choice was unconditional, absolutely. The only question is, will you believe? If you will believe, you will be saved, and you will confirm your election before the foundation of the world. Number eight, unconditional election matters because it puts an end to racism among God's people when they grasp what it means. Racism is rooted in a sense of ethnic or racial superiority. God ignores all such conditions and chooses his people from every ethnicity and unconditionally he chooses them. Peter wrote, you are a chosen race, a holy nation. Christianity is a new race of people. No others, no other races, no other ethnicities are the basis of belonging. He ransomed people from every tribe, every tongue, every people, every nation. He stops the mouth of all ethnic boasting by choosing unconditionally. Number nine, it matters because we can know we are chosen with all the blessings that implies. First Thessalonians 1.4, we know, brothers. We know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. And number 10, finally, it matters because God shapes all of history for the sake of his elect. To make sure that we come safely home into his presence, he controls the world. Jesus said about the end of history, and I think it applies to all of history in principle, he said this, if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of his elect, those days will be cut short, Matthew 24, 22. So Chase, in answer to your question, yes, it matters. It matters a lot, and the church would be stronger if pastors fed their people on this rich food for our faith. Amen. Yes, it's meant to strengthen the saints. Thank you, Pastor John. And speaking of God choosing the foolish, God gets the praise. We get humbled by unconditional election. Amen. But why does he choose the foolish when he could get a lot more done in this world if he saved the brilliant and the innovative and the famous? Remember, that was uh, EPJ 1965, two weeks back. It's related to this one. If you missed that, you can go back and find it in your podcast feed, EPJ 1965, on why God uses the foolish in this world. Thank you, Pastor John, and thank you for joining us today. If you want to ask Pastor John, Email your question to us at askpastorjohn at desiringgod.org. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. We'll see you Thursday.